I am that really cheap person who, when it comes to Secret Santa in the office, I won't buy them anything. I'll write them a song. Wow. So <laughs> I've got that to do too. Is that why people don't like you? There are many reasons that people don't like me, but uh, that one is is particular, you know, uh, particularly apt. It's a pretty big reason, yeah. Yeah, so I've got that to do, although I've, you know, I kind of know how it's going to go. Basically, it's like the same acoustic riff throughout the entire song. I'm basically Ed Sheeran, and then I just speak to the colleagues who know who he is, because I have no idea who he is, and... Um, get them to say like nice things slash funny things about him right. and layer that over the top of the music and boom song smart so you're writing a song about someone you don't know i've no like he he's literally he sits across the office he works in traffic hi michael mcmillan in traffic and uh wait from traffic yeah I, I, yeah also traffic's nothing to do with cars who knew everyone it's to do with like adverts and schedules and stuff I don't know that. Oh, radio traffic, you mean? Yeah. yeah. Ah. So, Michael McMillan, I'm writing you a Christmas song for Secret Santa. I have <laughs> no idea who you are. about cars. I know, no, I know who he is, but I, I've never spoken to him in my life, and he sits across the office. So, yeah, that's what I'm doing with my weekend. What are you doing? Well, I haven't planned anything. I've just realized this. It's <laughs> tomorrow's Friday, right? Yes. For us. For you listeners, maybe it won't be. It won't, it won't be. Uh, no, I have. I've got nothing. I don't think I've got any plans actually in place. I've I've been so busy this week that I forgot to think about what happens afterwards. Surely at Christmas time, though, it's time to wind down. It's time to like lower lower the workload. But instead, I did an eleven hour shift on Tuesday. I did ten hours today. Well, no. So the build up to Christmas is always super busy, and then Christmas is super busy for the people that are especially famous. But it's because all the advertisers pay extra at Christmas, so you've got to make extra good stuff. And work extra hard. Yeah, I know, but it's just frustrating because you want to be kind of rocking into the office like half an hour late, wearing a Santa hat. Just and drunk just... on mulled wine. Yeah, exactly. Eating a mince pie, even though they're disgusting. You don't actually have any mince in them. I agree with the first part that mince pies are disgusting. I also agree with the second part that they don't have any mince in them. But they used to have mince in them. Did they? Way back. Well, that's why they're called mince pies. Way back when they were invented in the Victorian <sighs> times. I did wonder why they got that in name. In the pre-Victorian times. In the times of the kings of old. In the land that time forgot. They had mince in them, or mince meat, different meats, and also fruit. And then slowly, the fruit amount got higher and the mince amount got lower. This is thrilling. It really is thrilling. <laughs> I'm sure our listeners are absolutely riveted. No, this is, yeah, we'll come back to mince pies after this break. After the short break. And also, dear listener, that was a short break because I had to restart my internet again. This is a, this is now a running theme for us. Yeah. The thing is, I can't change internet. I can't do anything about it because I don't pay it. I just pay like a lump sum towards a black hole, as I said, and they do it. You can probably still complain to the internet provider if you find out who it is. Yeah, it's Sky. Yeah, complain to Sky a lot. Sky, you bunch of dafties, fix this, my this, internet. This episode of Seesaw Parade is not, it's not sponsored by Sky. <laughs> Do you remember that time we were sponsored by Stone Studios? Yeah, and we sold their house for them. We did, yeah. We sold yeah. the house for them. That, yeah. was a good, that was a good time. That was the one, yeah, a, a well-sponsored video. It was a high point of Seesaw Parade. Episode. That was like the one thing that we did that we did well. <laughs> yeah, anyway, this is Seesaw Parade. Uh, welcome to the program, episode 114. Yeah, and since it's the ramp to Christmas, this is a mince pie-themed episode. <laughs> is it? Yeah. <laughs> That's news to me. 
No, uh, have you not seen the run order? I didn't see the memo, no. I I, oh, I mean, I had uh, I don't have mints for dinner, if that's what you're suggesting. Well, we're going to be talking about, like, Israel, because that's where Christmas all started. And then we're going to be talking about Disney, because they make <laughs> Christmas things. Yeah, you're right, James. There is a mince pie theme running through this week's episode. And as you say, yeah, starting... Yeah, going to tie it into mince pies somehow. <laughs> starting with uh, Israel. And specifically Donald Trump. Now, as I've said many times before, I do not like talking about Donald Trump because he is just a cretin yeah. and thoroughly unhelpful, unpleasant, misogynistic, sexist, yeah. racist. This episode of Seesaw Parade not sponsored by Donald Trump. Also not sponsored by the Israelis or Hamas. Yeah, n- none of the above. Just wanted to clarify for anyone who is potentially wondering where our allegiances lie. No, yeah, it's not sponsored by Israel. Uh, or or Hezbollah. Hezbollah, Hamas, no one. No. Saudi Arabia. Although we, do, nah, we said no. Nope. Although we do like uh, we do like the Iranian president, but well, you know, that's a story for another day. Another another day. Shared a spliff. Um, <laughs> right. So uh, this is the news, at least 31 Palestinians, uh, well, this is the latest news that at least 30 uh, Palestinians have been wounded uh, in clashes at the Gaza Strip. And this is because Donald Trump decided to do something a bit daft. Uh, James, what has he done? He has decided to recognise Jerusalem as the capital of Israel instead of the, the standard accepted Tel Aviv. And as a president of the United States, it kind of matters Correct. what he recognises. Mr. Trump's announcement has been met with worldwide dismay, as you probably would have expected it to be so. And yeah, he's, even from Britain. Yeah, even from Britain, even from Theresa May. She actually... Yeah. She herself, not just a statement, she did it. She did it. Yeah, she did. Well done. She said a thing. Well done, Teresa. Only took her a year. (laughs) And so, yeah, his his decisions essentially reversed decades of, like, diplomatic sensitivity. uh, Basically, yeah. US policy. James, can you tell me why he's done this? Well, because, well, why he's done it. I don't know. America profits from tensions somehow. Like, America is trying to make make itself matter again. I don't... I don't really know why he's done it. He's trying to he's trying to come closer. He's trying to make a closer bond of Israel happen at the cost of stability. But like, who wants to be pally of Israel anyway? That they they're they're only causing tension. Just if everyone just tries to work things out rather than causing problems. You mentioned there are the tensions. Trump actually said on Wednesday, he said, I've judged this course of action yeah. to be in the best interest of the United States and yeah. the pursuit of peace yeah. between he Israel was... and the Palestinians. How on earth is that helping I things? Like, I, maybe, maybe he genuinely thinks it because his advisors have an agenda and they've told him this is just the facts. They've said, hey, hey, Donald, did you know that if you recognize Jerusalem as the capital, it'll bring peace? Maybe Donald believes that because he's just dumb. I can't think anyone in the world genuinely thinks that this would be a, a, a step towards peace to do this. Well, the, the article I'm reading is saying the decision actually fulfills a campaign promise he made. Oh, and well, he's actually done one. Appeals to Mr. Trump's right-wing base. Uh, yeah. I'm not entirely sure why it does, but it does. And uh, recognising Jerusalem as Israel's capital, in his words, is nothing more or less than a recognition of reality. Hmm. Despite the fact... As you say, Tel Aviv has been the accepted capital for the last oh, half century, at least, if not more. Well, yeah, since since uh, since Israel was reborn. But no, like both the disputed states claim this as their 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 city, at least half each. I don't see how anyone can think it's a great idea to say, "Well, this is the capital of one of you." It was nice to see the uh, Israeli Prime Minister uh, Benjamin Netanyahu, who um, well, he came out and said that uh, Trump had bound himself forever 
with the history of Jerusalem. He has, but that isn't necessarily a good thing. Alongside the other notable figures, you know, Jesus and Pontius Pilate, now there's Trump. Well, and Hitler, I guess. I don't, I don't know how I feel about that. Churchill's on the list. What is he? What's he got to do with Jerusalem? Well, he kind of, he's kind of to do with the, the refounding of it, is he not? Oh, is I don't this, know. Is this not, was this not a Churchill era kind of thing? A World, a World War Two kind of thing? See, so parade teaching you vague <laughs> history lessions that are potentially inaccurate. There we go, <laughs> classic James. Disclaimer: Ooh, This podcast is not sponsored by James or the History Channel. <laughs> Wait. I don't um, sponsor it. I want my money back. Again, you're right. This is Trump's decision. And regardless of what the UN say, what, you know, most of the Western world, actually just most of the world generally, including countries who are in the Arab region, all say he still does it himself anyway. Which I think is, I mean, that's no longer surprising. No, no, it's not surprising that he doesn't listen to anybody. Like, no, this is what he does. Someone someone suggested a theory that he's just trying to like cause as much havoc because he realises he's going to be impeached. But the more people talk about impeachment, the less likely I think it is to happen. Because I think if it was going to happen, it would happen by now. No, it, it will happen. You think? Yeah. Okay. I mean, there's like the investigations are, are still gaining a lot of momentum. Of course, in the last week, Michael Flynn uh, admitted to that he lied to the FBI. Yeah, which is pretty big. And Donald Trump at that point, has also lied because he said Flynn's story was accurate. So, hey. which, is, which is interesting because Trump's acted, you know, like, obviously I'm speaking from my years of experience. Oh, when yeah, yeah. you're interested in a girl and then you're like, you're really nice and you're really complimentary. And then when she rejects you, you're like, oh, I didn't even want her anyway. I like you anyway. You're, you're ugly. That's what Trump's done with Flynn. It was just a sympathy. I just, I just liked you out of sympathy. I mean, Flynn, he's been thrown under the bus by Trump. Yeah, but also he's getting off easy because he's pleading... And giving everyone away, he's, he's agreeing to be completely truthful from now on if they go light on him. So okay. things could things could come could be revealed, and there's a lot of um, investigations into money and all different kinds of things. So hey, it could happen yet. It could okay. happen soon. Well, well, staying with the kind of semi-serious news before we get onto the fun stuff. Yeah, uh, let's just quickly talk about Time Magazine now. Time. Ah, so we're going to move from talking about Trump to talking about some of Trump's accusers well yes and also the fact that uh maybe a fortnight ago that trump had tweeted that time had approached him uh, f- to be their person of the year be, and he do turned them down year again trump little trumpy do i be person twice and trump's like no once is enough for donald yeah so trump actually came runner up and the person or persons of the year was uh, was kind of the woman, I guess. I mean, the cover... Well, and Terry Crews. Yeah. Uh, so women... Oh, no, no, you're not forgetting Terry Crews. So the woman... And other guys. On the uh, the front majority. of Time magazine, including Taylor Swift, uh, Ashley Judd, and a couple other kind of high-profile women yeah. who've spoken out. Um, and an anonymous elbow. Yes, and a, and a random elbow. But that's... I, I actually read about that. And, it's symbolic, yeah. Yeah, and all the women who spoke out in, I guess... For fear of recriminations and, and stuff like that. Um, yeah. Which I think, I think overall, I mean, call me cynical, and I know I can't stand the man, but I would argue 2017 was a big year for Trump as well. Mm, yeah, but he got 2016, so I don't think he was as big in 2017. Like, it wasn't as, as, as shocking at that point. Everyone was just kind of expecting everything and it all, none of it was really a surprise. It was just, hey, look, he did a terrible thing again. Whereas in 2016, it was actually a surprise and it rocked the world. Now it's just... That's true. It's just everyone's resigned to the horribleness. I think certainly this is a 
certainly a worthy winner. I mean, there's there's obviously ones. And the thing is, it's more symbolic than anything, isn't Time it? Time person of the year has always been symbolic. It's just it's it's who who's made a big difference, either good or bad. In this case, it's a it's a group of people, a, a huge group of people. Everyone that's come out to uh, accuse or to 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 bring to the table accusations of harassment mm-hmm. that are backed up, basically. Um, of any kind, and that's whether you're famous or not. So it's a significantly large group. Basically, everyone that hashtag me too is on this list. But like we've been in time person of the year before, and that was completely symbolic. We were, yeah, we were time person of the year in two thousand six. Yeah, you know, so it's 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 a big gesture, and it and it really it's a good, it's a good time to do it with the the sitting president being one of these harassers, one of these people that has taken advantage of so many so many people although he is continuing the narrative of people who are accused and continue to live their lives without any you know recriminations oh yeah and and quite a lot do and that's that's the way it goes but the more the more we feel open to bring our stories to the table the more these people will get so even if like only five percent of people who are who are accused end up going through the criminal process in any way whether it's getting taken to court or actually going to jail even if it's just five percent the more people that are accused, the, the greater the number of um, cases proven are. And hopefully it's just people that are that have true stories that are coming forward in, in the majority. Okay, let's take a, a sideways step um, to the world of Disney. We, we did mention Disney earlier because they do Christmas things, says James. Uh, the news this week is that Disney is set to become <laughs> even bigger, even more monstrous than they currently already are. Uh, James, just for, for listeners who perhaps aren't aware, can you just run through a few of the uh, film arms and kind of brands, franchises that Disney currently owns? Uh, so the big ones, uh, definitely just the Disney animated films. And then on top of that, the Disney Pixar animated films. And then we've got the likes of the Marvel Universe that sits under Disney. We've got the likes of the Star Wars Universe that sits under Disney. And I would say that is the majority of the films that people talk about in a year. Those are the ones, those are the big money makers. I mean, I think yeah. for a start, you know, Marvel and Star Wars will be the biggest grossing films and have been for the last however many years and will continue to be so. Yeah. However, the news this week is that they're about to acquire Fox now as well. Yeah, the, the, all the, the film side of the Fox conglomerate. So, yeah, yeah so the uh, owned by the Murdochs, um, 21st Century Fox is on the brink of selling most of its assets worth around 70 billion. Only the seventy is that billion. Just your estimate, there, Colin. Yeah, it's my estimate. I mean, I've I've looked at the figures. You got a wee spreadsheet out. I've loaded up my Excel spreadsheet, of which I have a uh, first year uni module pass. Oh, and uh, Ooh, I've looked at it. Qualified. I've estimated it to be about seventy billion. So these are the nice. kind of things. For most people, you'll know what Fox are. You know what twenty first twenty first century Fox is. Uh, some of the films and franchises it owns, however, are the likes of X Men. Deadpool, I think, is the, probably the the two big ones. But you've got all sorts of R-rated stuff that Fox do, lots of in-house stuff that they do, which they are now going to sell to Disney. Yep. I, well, I mean, it looks like it's a done deal, to be honest. They're they're well, holding yeah, on to Fox. yeah, they're holding on to like a kind of hodgepodge of networks and well, the news stuff. Yeah, and they're and they're separating 20th Century Fox TV from from the network as well. Yeah. So there's a few kind of bits and bobs, but the main thing is that this, the, the film arm of Fox is being sold. James, what kind of repercussions or kind of, uh, yeah, what comes from this? Well, we just move closer to a monopoly in an industry. Disney, which were already the monster 
in the film industry are acquiring one of the like B B list monsters, one of the one of the almost biggest monsters. So that's that's it's not really going to guarantee that we end up with bad films. It's not going to guarantee that we end up with uh, any real horribleness, except that Disney might be able to carry on the snowball, keep acquiring more and more film branches of different companies until they've got the whole film world and they sell us all the movies, all the merchandise, and they can, can kind of control what we do and what we watch, which is a wee bit scary. Yeah, it's it's more, for me, the interesting thing is the R-rated side, because Disney don't really do that. They do not do that. And anything which is not considered to be Disney is just not really, it's just not shot, it's not filmed. Like, if you think even, you know, the edgiest Marvel, it's still a 12A. Disney don't do Deadpool, you know, Disney don't do those kind of... Who knows, yeah. they might just have a branch title for all these films. So they might have whatever the Pixar version of R-rated is for all the R-rated films they're going to make. I think there are people out there that even still wouldn't know that Pixar is a is a Disney company, even though it says Disney on basically every other screen. The way I think... So they could do a similar thing. Sorry, I think the way that this is going to affect people, or they'll notice the effect, is when it comes to things like Netflix and Amazon Prime, because... Oh yeah, no, the Fox stuff's going to go too. With Disney buying Fox, Fox have... One of the largest stakes in Hulu, which is obviously the big streaming giant, especially in the States, it's very big in the States. Disney is then essentially going to own Hulu, and they've got their own. Oh, yeah, I suppose. And Disney, uh, obviously, have their, they've got their own streaming video on demand service too. And as we talked about a few months ago, they're taking away all their Disney titles from Netflix. So they really are monopolizing the market, or they're certainly trying to. Yeah, this leaves for me a kind of a gap because Disney have the monopoly on the bo- on the blockbusters. You've got other studios, Sony, Paramount, Universal, but they are not a patch on the size and the kind of uh, sphere of what of what um, or the or the momentum, the current momentum. Yeah, of what Disney can do, and I think this leaves a gap for the kind of smaller budgeted, Ooh. smaller budgeted films. Maybe. You know, so things which are not, they're not spending hundreds of millions of dollars on. Things which are like in the 20 to 30 range. I think we're, if this happens, we will start to miss out on some of these ones. Because the things that Fox would commission, Disney would not commission. Yeah, I suppose that that is, that's probably true. We're going to see a a change in the kind of films we're going to get if Disney is still unwilling to go for the more mature audiences with their films. Or any film that they're attached to. And we'll see a further separation of content available online. So you'll have to buy passes to, to all the streaming services, which we never do like. Okay, right. Let's uh, move on and talk about some actual films. And I can't believe I'm saying this, oh. but awards season oh. is almost upon us. In fact, it started. Oh, so but you can't believe you're saying this. You mean it doesn't feel like a year has passed? It doesn't feel like a year has passed since the whole cool. Moonlight La La Land debacle. Was that a debacle? It, it, it was, absolutely. It was okay. uh, dreadful. So the first... I've already forgotten. So the first kind of main... Why do we talk about these things? ...indicator of what the Oscars could be is the Critics' Choice Awards, and they've just announced their nominations. Now, again, this happens every year. You start listing films, and everyone's like, no, I heard of that, no, I heard of that, no, I heard of that. And because them. they get screened in the States to these critics a long time before they actually hit the kind of general, general public. Yeah, um, as normies. Yeah, yeah, indeed. 
the main ones, and you will start to hear these uh, names a, a lot more in the, the coming months. The first one is The Shape of Water. Now, this one's kind of dominated yes. the Critics' Choice Awards. This is a drama horror from Guillermo del Toro. Let's just have a very quick listen to the trailer. She deaf? Mute, sir. She can hear you. You clean that lab, you get out. This may very well be the most sensitive asset ever to be housed in this facility. You may think that thing looks human. Stands on two legs, right? But we're created in the Lord's image. You don't think that's what the Lord looks like, do you? James, obviously just trailer so far, but I mean, if you look at reviews, this is receiving all sorts of critical acclaim. Um, especially for Sally Hawkins, who is who is uh, getting a lot of Best Actress nods. Even just based on the trailer, interested? I am. Yeah, I, I'm interested. Uh, as much as it, it's just, since it's a Guillermo film, you, you're like, okay, I'll watch this. The trailer does grab you. I want to know what's going to happen. Maybe there's a wee bit, I don't know how much of the story is in there. Maybe it is just a start. What I don't really see is, like, it's described as a as a, as a a drama horror or something. I, 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 yeah, it's got it's, horror in there. Yes. I don't really see the horror aspect yet. It's probably because they're saving it. They're probably saving the yeah, kind of maybe. gruesome, gory bits for... Either future trailers or just for our first time in the cinema. Which could be really cool. The the thing I, I know it does well with with Critics Choice with you know it's done really well with the Critics Choice Awards here. I don't know how well this kind of genre goes down with the Oscars because <laughs> true, you know notoriously some genre films just don't do well. Well, the Oscars like happy happy messages with like feelsy and emotions, and they make you cry tears of joy and sadness all at once. That's true. Let's just move on to the next one. This one is probably my favorite because I love the cast, and oh, we'll get to it. This is called Three Billboards Outside of Ebbing, Missouri." What a title! What a great title! Uh, which again doesn't really grab you. Let's just play uh, a little bit of the trailer, and I must warn you, this uh, is not for sensitive ears. Oh. I'd do anything to catch your daughter's killer. I don't think those billboards is very fair. Time it took you to get out here whining like a bitch, Willoughby. Some other poor girl's probably out there being butchered right now. We've had two official complaints about those billboards. From who? A lady with a funny eye. A lady with a funny fucking eye? And a fat dentist. There's a lot of good friends of Willoughby in this town, Miss A. Ow! You didn't happen to drill a little hole in the dentist today, did you? Of course not. Ah? Huh? I said, of course not. I'm sorry to all the children that avidly listen to our podcast. <laughs> this is a black comedy, if you can tell from the from the trailer, from the In Bruges director and from the Seven Psychopaths director. Both films loved them. <laughs> but, and his name is? Martin McDonough. There we go. That's the thing that matters. And uh, main actress, Frances McDormand's you got Woody Harrelson in there, you got Sam Rockwell, you got Peter Dinklage. And I really like this. James? I, I've enjoyed all the films that this guy's put out. And I am excited for this one. It looks it looks so well not I wouldn't I don't quite say different because it fits his style. It's fairly similar to some of his other stuff, but it looks so it's so fun. For me. I'm not going to say everyone's going to like it, though. And last, kind of which has done well uh, for the Critics' Choice, is Lady Bird, which I guess you will be seeing more of because this is remarkably... This is the Oscar winner. Yeah, this is now... I know this is not a good indicator of Oscar winners. The film was on 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. That means not a single critic has given it a bad review. There have been, so far, 190 reviews. Not a single bad one. Yeah, it's a pretty good sign that it's a film worth seeing. 
Um, the thing that makes me say it's the Oscar winner is that it the trailer is all happy music, but there's also people crying in it. So <laughs> just just the two ingredients that the Oscars want. It's a uh, Shorsa Ronan who has been in everything in the last few years. You'll you'll know her from something. It's just just hiding in the background of all the films. <laughs> well, uh, she's just in the foreground. She's done really well. She was in oh, Brooklyn. She sometimes is in the foreground. She was in Brooklyn, I think, which was in two years ago. Oscars, maybe last year's Oscars. Oh, no, she's she's she is very very in vogue. Oh yeah, absolutely. But she's also very good. Yeah, no, no, deservedly. She has a big heart, your mom. She's warm, but she's also kind of scary. You can't be scary and warm. I think you can. Your mom is. So, you're not interested in any Catholic colleges? No way. I want schools like Yale, but not Yale because I probably couldn't get in. <laughs> you definitely couldn't get in. These three are the ones that I know I am probably going to not see because I just never see the films I want to. I will These see These are the ones I'm going to regret not seeing. <laughs> yeah, uh, The Shape of Water, I think, will will probably fall away because I think Del Toro's style and that genre will just not translate well. It will be a wonderful film. It just won't get the awards because critics are weird like that. Do you know what's going to do well, which hasn't done well so far in these kind of wee indie critic things? I do not know. Dunkirk. Dunkirk, you think? You think Dunkirk? I think actually no. That's yeah. Dunkirk is gonna do well just because. Oh, because it it's, well, it's Christopher Nolan, and the thing is, yeah. Dunkirk is amazing. It's, it's a, a great film. Excellent, excellent film. I think uh, even Blade Runner will get some nod for cinematography or or sound design. <laughs> so one of the, I always wonder about that. Do you think like if your film won wins an Oscar for sound design, is that good enough to stick on the the DVD cover, the well, Blu-ray cover? Guys, the sound guys put it on their shelf but i don't know if it's ever on the cover it's just, oscar, it just says yeah, it's oscar like oscar winner, winner. And then in like tiny wee writing it says for sound design best costume now those things <laughs> i i really care about those categories more so than the big ones i care about the categories that are specific more than just the best winner because the best the best films and the best actors and actors it's always just exactly the same wait, thing wait, as last can year. i just say one last film uh, which i would recommend everybody go see because it's oh it's i can guarantee it's going to be good the Disaster Artist, which is okay, yeah, yeah. James Franco. He's been given a few Best Actor nods. This is the film about about a film. The film, The Room, yeah, which is notoriously the worst film of all time. Tommy Tommy Wiseau. Tommy Wiseau, yeah. So he's his, uh, his his cult. I I would say classic, but it's transcended classic. I did not hit her. I did not. I did not. <laughs> oh hi, Mark. <laughs> yeah. So please, everybody, go see the Disaster Artist. Okay, um, it is out in cinemas right now. Uh, yeah. Can we just talk very briefly about Netflix? Let's move on to to something uh, slightly more online television. Yeah. So Iron Fist, that show we all hated. Yep. Has somehow been given a second season. Because it's Marvel and they, they'll, they'll give money to anything. Right, so they've added Alice Eve from Star Trek fame. She's great. Um, to season two. Again, we, we, we kind of made our feelings clear there, but why does Iron Fist have a season two? Well, because Marvel have a plan for their TV um, story. So they've got to put out all the shows, even if the first ones weren't so well received. They've just got to carry on and push through so that the, the big, the big altogether shows work. However, they have they have let their showrunner go. I, yeah, I had hope for maybe thirty seconds because I heard that absolutely definitely they were getting rid of Scott Buck, who yes kills everything that he he works on. He is <laughs> not good at his job. He's a guy who falls upwards. So yeah, somehow he fails his way up the ladder. Um, but oh wait, I've forgotten who's who the replacement is. Of uh, somebody who did. Uh, it, it, 
wasn't particularly impressive, put it that way. Raven Metzner, whose only work that I know of is the only thing that's on this article, is the Electra movie from like 10 years ago. What? That movie. That is the worst film ever. <laughs> it is so, so, so bad. Okay, well, Iron Fist season two is looking good then. Apparently he's done some good, apparently he's done some good episodes in Sleepy Hollow and stuff like that, but I've not seen those. All I've seen of him is a terrible film. So I've, it, it, it diminished my hope again immediately. Okay, so well. Scott Buck's gone, oh, but the guy that did Electra's in. Oh. That probably won't be until 2019, I reckon. Yeah, we're talking so about way in the future. It's fine. We're all we're in the clear for the next year. And uh, just before we wrap up with a few film news, film news things. Film news. Let's talk about the Punisher now. I am. Oh yeah. On episode ten, so I'm almost there. I've nearly finished. Oh, you had one bit of homework, Colin. It's, uh, to watch 13 I, hours of TV. Yeah, 13 hours in one week. You know how busy I am. <laughs> Nine hours was good enough. So uh, yeah, you done well. Let's just. I'm just going to summarize first, and then I'll, I'll pass over to you because I know you've seen it. Um, is this is the spoiler filled. No, this is the last three episodes. No, no, review. no. This is not the spoiler filled. This is more generally for anybody who's not seen The Punisher. Okay. The first half of the season, maybe the first four or five episodes, are so slow. Yep. It was like you're on a glacier. You were. Yep. Just trudging through. Every scene and things which would have been, you know, in a slightly more truncated TV show or movie, scenes which would have been 30 seconds are stretched out to 10 minutes. Oh, yeah. They're talking about minute details. They're going through every single bit of conversation and exposition possible. And you're sitting here being like, when is something going to happen? Well, and sometimes it works. Maybe, well, not not even most of the time. Very rarely is it is it a long time spent on a little bit of character development, which I'm behind. But there are so many wasted hours in this show that just aren't necessary at all. However, so that's not my main complaint. I can deal with slow TV. Yeah, it's the it's the waste of time, the nonsensical parts of the story, the bits that they've put in there because they think it will be cool, and it just is not cool at can, all. Let's just I'm just going to juxtapose that by saying, yeah, it's it's it starts very slow. I would give it credit for picking up a little bit. Oh, it picks up enough. Yeah, it does. It picks up enough. Yeah, I think Ben Barnes, who is best known from Westworld. Yeah, is very good. Oh, I yeah, really like him. Great. I really like his character. Uh, I think John Bernthal as the Punisher is excellent. He screams well. He does. He screams very well. He does a very good like haunted man who's seeing mm. visions of his mm. family. He does yeah. that very well. I mean, I don't mean to spoil it for you, but those visions do get a wee bit too much later on. <laughs> okay, and but my main complaint is the complete lack of logic. There we. Yeah, there are so many times where I'm just like. That is what, why is this happening? Like, how is that possible? Why yeah, I, this does not make sense? Because you know, if this was actually happening, that would have happened, or that would have happened, or that you could yeah. drive a bus through the holes, the gaps in the story, and it's infuriating. Yeah, a big thing that is way too too much of a coincidence, and also way too an accelerated story is the development of the character Lewis. Yes. I don't know how much time is supposed to pass in this show, but he goes through about 10 years worth of <laughs> a person's life in in five episodes. Yeah. Uh, and it was, it, it, like, some of the messages in that worked well. Some of the scenes worked really well, but it was so, so quickly done. I don't know how many days were supposed to have passed, but it wasn't enough for his story. 
I can get over it though because some of the some of the stories within it were all right. He's and he, he's also a very good actor. He is great. He's a great, a very convincing. He was also um, he was Lee Harvey Oswald in that uh, JFK adaptation on oh, TV yeah. recently. Yeah. So he's, he's a talented. He's, he's a talented fella. He's kind of good at doing that kind of slightly creepy loner villain. Yeah. So, um, but I, can I, I can I, I just and this isn't a spoiler. Th- there's the worst car chase scene. Oh, yeah. In TV history, oh. the, it cha- the chase happens for no reason. It goes on for far too long, and it ends in a way that doesn't make any sense well, either. Yeah, that's that scene is where I get a lot of my grief from. In that, that and like similar thing, like the whole forest story arc just didn't make much sense and wasn't useful to anyone. That, but that car chase in particular, all logic was ignored. It seemed yeah. like the streets of New York. Just decided to be completely empty for this uh, for this for the, one evening a, a, for a very slow car chase. The conclusion of that car chase again, just just head scratchingly stupid. Like I know we're supposed to be thinking that the characters are super smart, like great with strategy, and the other guys are super genius. But really, that stretch is. And it. why is she not calling for backup? Their whole police mission has just gone tits up, and she's just. Just I'm gonna I'm I'm go drive now. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. Overall, I would say I'm glad I watched the series. It's good enough. It is. Yes. It's no. one of the better Marvel TV things by the end. Yeah. Uh, and the like, they could have done a lot better, but they they could have done a lot worse. So I'm okay with it. Okay. Let's. Uh, time has just kind of escaped us. Let's very quickly wrap up some of the week's film news. Uh, let's go with first to Brian Singer. Now, Brian Singer is the director who's had a raft of sexual assault allegations thrown his way. He has now been removed as a director of the Freddie Mercury film, yeah. uh, starring Rami Malek of uh, Mr. Robot fame. Yeah. Apparently... And uh, The Pacific. Not just, oh yeah, not just the allegations, but he reportedly threw something at Rami on yeah. set. Had a fallout that was also... Like they got over it, they were best friends again afterwards. And he also just—he's apparently he just disappeared off set for some of the time. And the cinematographer had to direct. Yeah, he's there's been these stories following him around. Like he never appears on set for for days at a time. And all the different all the X Men films that he's done, he's just been randomly disappearing. But he's been getting away with it all because he sells movies and he sells tickets. Or in this, but but now that now that he's getting more and more like allegations thrown his way, the studio is trying to get rid of him on the sly. They're going, oh, well, here's an opportunity to get rid of him. Let's do it before he is the headlines. Now, uh, a first uh, trailer for All the Money in the World came out this week. And this is the thing we were talking about maybe three weeks ago. Yeah. In which Kevin Spacey, who was kind of tipped for a best supporting actor role, he had to be hastily edited out the film and Christopher Plummer has replaced him. And they've already got out a trailer. James, uh, did you, any remarks on the trailer itself? I mean, it's it's a trailer. I mean, they've they've chucked them in there. I don't. I've never been grabbed by this film so much. I don't know why. Yeah. And the trailer's like it, it. It hasn't made me more or less interested. But like the turnover from, from the, all the news and stuff to the pausing and the re- recasting and the reshooting to actually just committing and chucking a trailer out. It's, it's still a wee bit surprising that they're still gonna go for the same timeline. Do you know what I? noticed between the two trailers because obviously one trailer came out with kevin spacey in it the first one was very nuanced was very subtle it was very oscar baity this one is much more this trailer is much more like an action film yeah the, the way more action in this one Which, than, than going for the, the for that going for the oscar it's a very right. strange 
change of tack. However, I, I, I understand it because they want to make it as different as possible from well, the Kevin Well, yeah, Kevin instead Spacey of getting one. all the awards, they just want to make all the money. Yeah. Uh, and just talking off Kevin Spacey, the news this week is that House of Cards season six is coming back next year. Oh, to, to great surprise. To, absolutely. I thought it was done. It's being reduced from 13 episodes to eight oh, with Robin Wright as the lead. Yep. James. Hey, they're going to end the story. That's, that's cool. I'm really pleased about this because it gives House of Cards a bit of closure and it gives Robin Wright, who is fantastic. She is great. The like the full spotlight. The problem for me is that her 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 character, the story, her story for the last season or two has just been so bad. It has. And everyone's coming about saying, Oh man, strongest character in the show. But that's purely because there's no other characters left. <laughs> They've all been killed off. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm glad that it's going to finish. I'll watch it just just because then I won't have to worry, wonder about what happened. But I don't think it's going to be good unless they really manage to salvage quite a bad story. And also all the kind of, I know it's secondary now, but the, all the Kevin Spacey storylines, what's happened to them? Are they just going to, I don't know, I guess we'll find out, but do they just disappear? Probably, yeah. yeah oh He's well. going to be working from the shadows. And that lastly... Still talking about Kevin Spacey, Baby Driver, which was one of my favourite films this year. He is only a very, very supporting char- character, so I'm fine uh, with that. A wee bit more than very supporting. Uh, he's a, a classically supporting. Okay, cl- classically. The normal amount of supporting. Edgar Wright is talking about Baby Driver 2. Yeah. What do we think? A man not known for his sequels. Uh, well, well, he did the Cornetto trilogy. They're not like direct sequels. Yeah, though. true. Okay. Yeah, thank you. Uh, <laughs> no, so I, I, if he thinks he's got a good story, I'm all for it. I, I think I'd prefer that they didn't do it, though, because I think it's a complete film. I completely agree. I don't think they should, because I think it's making a sequel for the sake of it, as opposed to... The thing to... is, it, potentially it is, but if he's got a story that works, he can do it. Kind of like The Incredibles 2. Yeah, but that remains to be seen whether or not that's going to succeed. Yeah. Uh, very quickly, the week's most bizarre news, Quentin Tarantino could direct the next Star Trek. Yeah, or at least write it. Apparently, he came to Paramount and J.J. Abrams and said, hey, I have an idea for a Star Trek film. And they said, mm-hmm. this is great. Do you want to help? And he said, yeah, sure. It's big news, and that's, it could be his thing. Like, What would a Tarantino Star Trek film look like? Uh, a lot more, A lot more dark, maybe? I don't know. That would actually have character in it. Lower blood, maybe. But it's just who knows. Maybe he's going to make a, a a normal Star Trek film or write a normal Star Trek film. Maybe he's just got a good story that he likes. I wonder if Quentin Tarantino did rom coms. I'm sure he could. I'm sure he could. Uh, last but not least, Ridley Scott says he's making another Alien film. Now this is off the back of Alien Covenant, which came out this year, mm-hmm. which was yeah, it was okay. Yeah. Before that, there was Alien. There was there was Prometheus. Yeah. It was what Aliens Four, Aliens Three. Yeah. There was the four OG ones. Aliens and also Alien. And now there's another Alien film coming. It's quite a lot of Alien. Films. Just doesn't know when to quit, does he? Well, he'll quit when they stop making money. No, but the Alien Covenant. Dead. Either when he's dead or they stop making money. <laughs> he is pretty old. Alien Covenant didn't even make that much money. It like yeah, made it a fraction. It didn't make a loss, did it not? So hey, if if he enjoys making them, it's kind of like a hobby for him. As long as, so long as he gets paid, it's, it's But fine. nobody wants to see them, as evidenced by the fact the last one made, I think it was only something like 170 million. But you know what? If he made a good one, I would I would be okay with that. It would be worth Alien seeing. Covenant was okay. It was okay. 
That's all it was. Which is a vast improvement from Prometheus. That was Who a knows? Mess. Maybe the next step is to go from that to good film. Yes, indeed. Uh, let's just finish on a note that you've put down here. Batman Ninja. Batman Ninja. I didn't Please, even know this was a thing. Just before James gets to that, don't forget you can get in touch with the show. You can uh, at us on Twitter. Seesaw Parade at us. Yeah, that's how it works. Seesaw Parade at that's the one. Drop us an email, seesawparade at gmail.com. We also have a Snapchat. Uh, please send us nudes. And James, talk to me about Batman Ninja. I want to hear this. Well, I didn't even know this was a thing, but basically um, DC or whoever their, their uh, distributor in the US is for animated shows is teaming up with all of Japan, apparently. <laughs> it seems that way. Because it just says, from Japan... Uh, to make a, a Batman animated film. And it looks incredible. It does, Even absolutely. if the story's not... like, I, I mean, visually, it looks stunning. It sounds great. I don't know if I'm going to love it or hate it. But I'm so glad this is being made because it is just the weirdest clash of genres <laughs> ever. It's like Batman, but in old-style Japan. I don't know what era. Feudal Japan. And in, and in anime. In anime. If you've got time, go, go check on YouTube. the trailers out. Batman Ninja. Actually, it looks really good. It does look really good. I'm, I was I was surprised, but it looks great. Yeah. Uh, make sure you go check out the trailer. And uh, yeah, I think that's us. No, James. Yeah, if you're gonna, if you're, if anyone's gonna let us know anything this week, just let us know your thoughts on Batman Ninja. Yes, I'm do so it. curious about what normal people think about this. <laughs> okay. Right. Thank you, James. I'll see you next week. Yeah. Uh, goodbye. You bite ears. <laughs>